Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. I was thinking as I was preparing and um, about two or three in the morning, the Lord gave me something. And uh, several people have been asking me, you know, what is God saying? What is God saying for the coming year? And I finally got something. I uh, started getting something uh, for our New Year's service. I am so excited about it. I know you want to know what it is, but you know I'm not saying anything about it other than to whip your appetite. But I believe it's going to be a, it's going to be a launching pad for what God is about to do in our lives. So in spite of everything that's going on around us, uh, the title of my message today is You Still, You Can Still Win. You Can Still Win. Would you tell two or three people in your house, if there's not two or three, then say it anyway like two or three are up in there anyway. I do know one thing, there's at least two, because if you're in the house, God is in the house. Amen. Because wherever you are, God says, I'll be there too. Hallelujah. So you can still win. Come on, say it again. You can still win. If you're talking to yourself, say, I can still win. In spite of what it looks like, in spite of what people say or do, amen, I can still, still win. Today's message, I was thinking, as I said, I was thinking about Ephesians 4. 11, where it talks about, and he gave, talking about the head of the church, the Lord Jesus, that he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And if there's ever been a time in our lifetime when we need to hear from the prophets, uh, thank God for pastors. Thank God for pastors. I honor them. Believe me, I do. Thank God for pastors. But we need a prophet in the land. We, we really, we need somebody who can discern the season and the times in which we live and then biblically address it because a word from the Lord has power to deliver. A word from the Lord has a power. It has the power uh, to deliver. I was listening to the news like all of us do. I don't, you know, just bombard myself with it. You know, once I kind of get you know, a, a feel of what, what they're saying and where they're going, I, I'll usually do something else because you can just keep listening to it over and over. Oh, you can go into a depression because all the world knows is negativism. And uh, they're making, they're placing a lot of emphasis today on, on science. And they're placing a lot of emphasis on doctors and epidemiologists and, and others in the medical field. And we certainly thank God for that uh, in their efforts to deal with this pandemic uh, the COVID-19. And then they're saying that this won't be the last one. Well, uh, when we look at scripture, this is not the first time that the world has ever uh, had to deal with a plague. Uh, we see uh, God uh, permitted a plague uh, when he was delivering uh, the slaves in Egypt. So, so we're, we're not, we're not, uh, we're familiar that, that plagues are used here and there. And so the point being is this plague that we're facing with even today, uh, I believe more people died yesterday uh, from COVID-19 uh, than any other day. I don't know about today, but than any other day prior, I mean, people have just, just been dying. Uh, 
and they're hopeful that they have a vaccine and, and, and all of that. And, you know, I salute them and their, their labors and their efforts. But, but my challenge is because we haven't really had a prophet in the land that is really speaking out. The world is attempting to address this plague from the only angle they know how. And that's from the physical. And so they are, they are majoring in the science. But I'm saying today that this plague that is in the land is more than just scientific. It's demonic. It's more than just scientific. So they think that they can just, they can use mathematical equations to dissect what's going on. And, and to a certain degree they can, but they're leaving out a very important element as to this challenge and this plague. And that is the spiritual side of this thing. And so uh, this thing is never going to be defeated just from the natural uh, human side. It also has to be defeated from the spiritual side because everything that is natural was first spiritual. And so the reason the world is not really understanding how to address these things that we're facing today from a spiritual perspective is because we haven't had a real prophet in the land that, that, that uh, did not have his or her hands in the government's pocket. And so when your hand is in the government's pocket, you have to be careful about what you say. If, if you're trusting the government for, 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 for your sustenance, if you're trusting the government to be able to sustain your lifestyle, but if you're trusting God and God is your source, then you can stand bold and declare, thus saith the Lord God. And today, because my hand is not in the government's pocket, my hands are in the pockets of Almighty God and in his pockets, amen, it will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I can stand flat-footed and just declare what thus saith the Lord. And I'm saying today that this COVID-19 is not just a scientific thing that we have to apply to defeat it, but we also have to apply the spiritual application to cause this demon to bow his knee. And I said demon because it's clear. Of, Jesus said you'll know a tree by its fruit. And when we look at the fruits of this virus, it's killing people, it's destroying families, it's destroying businesses, it's destroying relationships, uh, it's causing chaos, it's causing confusion in the land. And so it's clear from the word of God, this thing that we call COVID-19 comes straight from the pit of hell by its fruits. But anything that comes from hell can be defeated from heaven. Glory be to Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Anything that comes from hell can be defeated from anything that comes from heaven. And all we need is a word from heaven to walk in victory. We can walk right through it. We can walk right over it. If we can get a word, glory be to God. If we can get a word from heaven. I, I have a few nuggets that I want to share and I want to make sure you get them. Uh, I won't be long today, but I want to make sure you get these. I, I think they will inspire you. If they would go ahead and put up nugget number one. Nugget number one. If the video department can go right ahead and put up my nugget. Nugget number one. Ooh, Jesus. 
Come on, come on, church. Amen. Come on, shake your pajamas loose. Amen. Do something. Take the tag off of it or whatever, but let's get busy. Fight with what you're used to. We're in a fight. And today, I'm asking you and charging you to fight with what you're used to fighting with. You, you don't need something new now. You need something that you're used to. So fight with what you're used to. Are you listening to me? I'll come back to that in a moment. Nugget number two, please. Nugget number two. Take off other people's clothes. Take off other people's clothes. Amen. This battle that you're in, you can't have on somebody else's clothes. It don't fit. Take off other people's clothes. Stop trying to be like other people. Stop trying to be like somebody else. Ain't no time for faking. Ain't no time for being a copy when God has called you to be an original. Take off other people's clothes. Quit trying to talk like somebody else and talk the way God made you to talk. Glory be to Jesus. Nugget number three. God will use your haters to promote you. Ooh, Jesus. Touch somebody and tell them, say, you're getting ready to be promoted. Come on, touch somebody else and tell them, you're getting ready to be promoted. Right in the middle of a pandemic, God's going to promote you. God is getting ready to promote you. God will use your enemies. Ooh, Jesus. Can I get ahead of myself a little bit? For the mere fact that they're talking bad about you is a sign that God is getting ready to promote you. Nugget number four, and then let's get busy. Nugget number four. God will use what's in your enemy's hand to give you total victory. Oh, Jesus. Listen, your enemies that are coming against you, the very thing that they have in their hands to try to defeat you God's going to turn that thing around and you're going to use it to defeat your enemy. Glory to God. That's good news for somebody. Let's go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. Somebody say fight with what you're used to. Come on, say it again. Fight with what you're used to. Now, now some of you don't like that word fight, but, but you got to fight. And, and I remember uh, as, a, as a young boy, uh, we would always walk to school. Uh, there were some kids who were on the bus and they would ride by us, but uh, in my neighborhood, we had to walk to school. And uh, uh, every, every day we'd walk to school, and this one particular young man, uh, I think he's went on that he's passed, but, but I'm not real sure. So being that I'm not sure, I'll just use his first name, uh, Donnie, and his last name started with a C. But at any rate, We'd be walking to school, and for some reason, uh, he, he just, for whatever reason, wanted to pick on me. And, you know, we'd be walking to school, and he would, you know, be saying little things or take his finger and pluck me in the head, pop, you know, or push me or something. And, uh, you know, one day went by, you know, maybe the next week, a couple of days, he'd do the same thing. It may have not been every day, but it was always an agitation. And even if he didn't mess with me on a particular day, I was still uneasy because I didn't know, you know, when he was going to start, you know, chiding in on me. So I, I was I was nervous. Now, now, some of you said, well, why were you? I was nervous because I, I didn't I didn't I didn't I wasn't sure in my heart I could whip him. You, you, 
Maybe some of you don't understand what I'm saying, but he had a he had a serious wolf ticket. Some of y'all know what that is. And his wolf ticket scared me. I mean, he got to talking all big and I believed him. You know, I just I just saw myself him just tearing me up. And so, you know, day after day or week after week, he's you know, he's he's just you just messing with me. And then one day, Leroy, Leroy Mays, an older young man in my neighborhood, uh, uh, you know, who I, I was always at his house with his younger brother named Clifford. And he said, Stevie, he said, quit letting Donnie so and so, you know, mess with you like that. And, I, you know, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to and he could see, I'm sure, fear in my eyes. He said, listen, uh, do whatever, whatever you got. He said, you just give it to him. He said, kicking, biting. I'll never forget it. It was a rainy day. We're going to school and Donnie Cook, amen, lit into me. And when he lit into me, I mean, we got the tussling and, and uh, he threw your pastor on the ground. Yeah, your pastor was on, I mean, down in the curve. I'm all wet and Donnie Cook's on top of me. But, but I remember what Leroy said. He said, use what you got. And so I reached up and my arms around his neck and I pulled his face and pulled, pulled his ear down by my mouth. And I took uh, these, uh, whatever I got left. I had more then, I think. But I, I, I just bit into his ear. And I mean, I screamed and I, ah! I mean, I, I was just working on that ear like I hadn't eaten in three days. And Donnie Cook, I mean, he screamed like a girl. I mean, he hollered. And the more he hollered, the more I bit down on his ear. And, uh, uh, you know, after a while, you know, it's clear. I, I'm, it you know, sounded like I was killing him. So the older guys got in and broke us up, you know, pulled us apart. You know, and he's crying and I'm looking and I'm huffing and I'm puffing and I'm wet. But, you know, I like bring it on. I'll bite you again. And so long story short, uh, Donnie Cook. Never mess with me. I didn't say this name, didn't I? He, <laughs> I'm feeling this thing. I'm telling you. That's all right. If he, if he is alive here, die. amen. I still mean I'll bite him again today. But at any rate, uh, you know, we were just kids in second, third grade, fourth grade. And, and you know, he gave me that look. You know how people do when they, they look at you like they want to fight, but they don't want to fight no more. I mean, he was still talking stuff, you know, but I... I'd show him them choppers like, man, you don't want no more of these. What I'm simply saying, I obtained victory. Nobody gave me anything. I could have, I could have been walking in victory all along, but, but I didn't recognize what I had. And, and listen to me, what I had, I use every day. I, I, the, same, the same mouth, the same teeth, the same pressure of my jawbones that I put on, you know, eating a pork chop was the same pressure that I put on Donnie Cook's ear. And, and just like my teeth bit into a pork chop, it bit into his ear. And I'm telling you, that boy never messed with me again. And so I'm telling you today, the devil may be sowing wolf tickets at you. He may be telling you what he's going to do and all this is going to happen and you're not going to make it and this is not going to work for you and things will never turn around. I'm telling you today that you don't have to look to the right nor to the left. You can use what is in your hands. I see some of you looking at me on television. Amen. God bless you all. And I want to encourage you. Wave at me. Use. Amen. What you got. Glory to God. So we're in first Samuel. Let's get busy now. First Samuel. Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter 
17. 1 Samuel. Fight with what you're used to. You're in 1 Samuel? Let's look together at chapter 17. For the sake of time, let's, let's look. Oh, let's look at verse 2. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together. And they encamped in the valley of Elah. And drew up in battle arrayed against the Philistines. Or the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side. And Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. Look at this next verse. Look, look, look at this. Look at this next, next verse. Verse four. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines. They, they sent out their, their most devoted, fierce champion fighter. They sent out their world champion fighter in verse number four. And his name was what? His name was Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. So he was about precisely nine feet and nine inches. Or we can just round it off and say he was 10 feet. Or we can put it this way. He was a big dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was a big brother. Yeah, he, he was a big brother. Uh, he's about 10 feet tall. So if he was alive today, uh, he would go in the lottery draft and without question, he would be the first person picked. As a matter of fact, it's clear from just his height that if he was on anybody's NBA team, everybody else in the NBA would be fighting for second place. When look at Now look at verse number eight. I, oh God, I got so much I want to give to you. Look at verse, look at verse number eight. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel. And he said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle? He's this is Goliath really mocking and making fun of God's people. Am I not a Philistine? And you the servants of Saul? And then look what he said. He said, choose a man for yourselves. Notice what he says. He says, choose a man. Now, isn't this amazing? Man, if he's going to choose, he says, choose a man. But God, when God got in the mix, God didn't choose a man. He chose a boy. But, but, but Goliath said, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. In other words, you send your champion to fight me as the champion of my team. And whatever one of us win, that will be the victor over this situation. Are, are you all following me? When David heard this, uh, and he realized that nobody else would, would accept the assignment, when David heard this uncircumcised Philistine divide, uh, 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 defying the army of the Lord, David got mad. Now, all these men are scared. David's a little boy, and he gets mad. Uh, and he couldn't understand why nobody would accept this assignment to challenge this giant. And the giant said, 
Send out somebody. Send a man out to challenge me so that we can fight. And notice when Goliath says send out a man to challenge me, no man moved. Nobody was so disturbed that they would say, I'll go. He's defying God. I'll go. I'll be God's instrument. No man stepped up to the plate, but a little young lad, a boy, heard what the, what the, what the giant was, was, uh, was bragging about and boasting about, selling wolf tickets. And David got upset, saying that there's nobody in the army of the Lord who would accept this challenge to fight this uncircumcised Philistine when David's brothers heard about him trying to... Uh, uh, when David's brothers heard that David was accepting the assignment, listen to me. When David's brother, now David had seven brothers. Jesse had eight sons. Jesse had eight sons. You know the story. Even when the prophet came to anoint the next king of Israel, uh, you remember Jesse, uh, when the prophet came, he said, uh, uh, send your sons before me because one of your sons is going to be king of Israel. And Jesse sent his first son by, and, and the prophet said, no, second son, his third son, fourth son, fifth son, sixth son, sent his seventh son, and that was it. And the prophet said, God hasn't chose any one of these. He said, you don't have any more kids? You don't have any more boys? And uh, Jesse said, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I forgot about it. I, 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 I forgot about it. Yeah, I got, I got one more, but, but he's, just a, he's just a boy, and he's out there tending the sheep. And the prophet said, we won't sit down until you bring him. You all know the story. David came in and the prophet anointed him. Then they went right back to the field. Are you listening to him? And, and here, here it is. Come on now. Here it is. David is anointed of God to be the next king of Israel. And as soon as he got anointed, he got sent back out to a job on, on the other side of the mountain. Nobody knew him. Uh, there, nobody recognized him. Nobody really knew he was anointed. They didn't even know that he was second in line. But hear me. But, but for God to bring him from the backside of the mountain, to bring him to notoriety, for God to bring him to notoriety, God needed David to have an enemy. God will always use an enemy to make you noticed. God will always use an enemy to put your name on front street. There are people who will never know about you. As a matter of fact, you'll never really be discovered until you defeat your enemy. So your Goliath has not come to defeat you. Your, your Goliath has manifested to put your name on front street. Without Goliath, people would have never heard about you. We would have never heard about David if it had not been for Goliath. And so when David's brothers got wind that their little brother, who don't know much to do but attend the sheep, yeah, uh, uh, they, they, they told him to go home. Are, are you listening to me? When, when God calls you to do a big thing, you'll have people around you who will try to talk you out of it. Because, because they looking at you, they just can't visualize you uh, uh, being successful in that endeavor. And they'll try to send you home. They'll, they'll try to cancel you. They'll, they'll try to discredit you. They will try to take your fire away from you. So, so David's brothers, they're, they're trying to send him home. Uh, and, and not only did, did David's brothers try to send him home, when King Saul heard about it, King Saul tried to give David his clothes to fight the giant in. And I'm here to tell you, you cannot fight your giant in somebody else's clothes. Oh, Jesus, I'm teaching and preaching better than you shouting. 
Look, look, let's, let's drop down to verse 38 for the sake of time. Same chapter, but let's look at verse 38. Well, let's back up to verse 37 if I can. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He's prophesying. I said he's prophesying. He's declaring. In other words, David is speaking the outcome before he ever gets started. In other words, David is showing us a, a spiritual principle, and that is never go into a battle until you already speak the outcome of the battle before you engage in the battle. So before David engaged in the battle, he had already prophesied how the battle was going to turn out. What are you saying today? We're in the midst of a battle with this pandemic. But what are you saying about the outcome when this thing is over? How are you going to come out on the other side? Look, look, look at this. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his, with his armor. And he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk. For he had not tested them. He put on all the King Saul's stuff and he tried to walk because he's never tested this stuff. Look at this. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these. For I have not tested them. So David took them off. Hear me now. When you get ready to do exploits for God, you're going to always have people who try to put something on you that God didn't ordain to be on you. When you go to battle, you got to put on what God has put on you and not what man has put on you. Are you listening to me? Uh, as a matter of fact, when you go into battle, you don't have to get anything new God's going to use what you're already used to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you all listening to me? Are you getting anything out of this? Yes. So you got to take off other people's clothes. Stop trying to be something that you're not or do something that you're not really called to do. I want to say it again. You got to take off, take off other people's clothes and you have to stop trying to be something that you're not. And you have to stop trying to act like somebody that God didn't call you to, to act like. You got to, are you listening to me? You have to stop trying to do something that God didn't call you to do. If God didn't call you to preach, you have no business preaching. If God's called you to sing for Lord have mercy, just sing. Are you listening to me? Just do what God has called you to do. Because when you try to do something that God didn't call you to do, that's a sign you're trying to put on somebody else's clothes. So you have to become secure, confident, and satisfied with what God put on you. Are you glad today what God has put on you? Because what God has put on you, nobody else has it in the world quite like you. Oh, Jesus. Are you listening to me? And so, like David, if God sends you out to face your giant and all you have is a slingshot, then that's all you need to defeat your giant. 
is a slingshot. I want to thank God that when David went out to face the giant, that he didn't take a stick. He didn't take some other armor. He took what he was used to using. He took his sling, his slingshot, because it's with the slingshot that God trained him to deal with the lion. It was with the slingshot that God trained him to deal with the bear. Amen. Are you listening to me? I'm going to go back to my story about Donnie Cook. Amen. If I go into battle, amen, I don't need anybody to give me anything else. I've been trained how to use my teeth. Amen. I've been the boot camp on how to bite ears. And so if you need somebody to go to war with you who have an ability to bite off ears other than Peter, amen, then you need to call me. Glory to God. Now, if you need somebody to take off an arm or take off a leg, you need to call somebody else. But if you need somebody to take off an ear, amen, I'm the man for the job. Glory to God. I've been trained like David with his slingshot. Are you listening to me today? So whatever God has called you to do, do that and be satisfied. If God, again, has called you to sing, amen, for the sake of God, amen, just sing. Don't preach, just sing. Glory to God. And if God has not called you to sing, then encourage those who have the gift to sing. Nobody, listen to me, nobody believed in David. I'm prophesying to somebody because you've lived your whole life and nobody has ever really believed in you. Well, I want you to know that you're in good company. Because nobody believed in David. His brothers tried to send him home. King Saul tried to put his stuff on him. And if King Saul was all of that, why didn't King Saul keep his stuff and he go out and fight with it? Are you all listening to me? I said, are you all listening to me? Nobody believed in David but God. It's clear his daddy didn't believe in him. His brothers didn't believe in him. King Saul, the president of the nation, didn't believe in him. But God believed in him. And somebody around the world need to know this today. That in spite of everybody else who say you can't do it, I want you to know today that God believes in you. That God believes in you. And you can do it because God believes in you. And not only that, whatever it is that God has called you to do, he's already put it in you, amen, to bring it to pass. Nobody believed in David but God. Romans 8.31 says that if God be for you, if God be for you, then who can be against you? In Romans chapter 8, it says if God be for you, then tell me who can be against you. So nobody believed in David but who? Nobody believed in David, but who? And that may be your testimony today. Nobody believes in you, but God. But I want you to know that if God believes in you, then you got all the belief you need to go over successfully to the other side. They started hating on David. They started calling David names his brother. How are you going to go and fight this, this giant? You're you're just an errand boy. Uh, You're you're just a keeper of daddy's sheep. You you don't know nothing about fighting in in a war. You you haven't been to boot camp. 
You, you've had no training. You don't know anything about being in the special forces. They're trying to, his three older brothers are, were trying to send him home. You, you're just, boy, you're the, you're the littlest one out of the clan. You, you're too young. You don't even know what you do. You don't know how to fight. But what they did know is that while he was on the other side of the mountain, out of their view, God was training him with just a slingshot. Are you listening to me? And God perhaps had been training you. And you didn't necessarily identify it as training because the training and what you had in your hand, it looked so insignificant. But you see, what's in your hand is not what God is going to use to bring you to notoriety. It is what is in your enemy's hand that God is going to use to prove Jesus. Somebody ought to be shouting here to bring you to notoriety. Nugget number three, we said, God will use your haters to promote you. When they started talking negative, listen to me. When they start talking negative about you, that's your sign. Listen to me. When people start talking negative about you, oh, you ain't nothing. Here. Don't listen to that preacher. Don't go to that church. When they start talking negative about you, that's a sign to you that you've just got noticed. Oh, Jesus. So don't get discouraged. Don't become depressed because people are saying negative things about you. That's a sign from God that the world, that the organization, that the group, that the city has just recognized you. Are you all listening to me? Hallelujah to God. Is this blessing anybody? You're still going to win. I said you are still going to win. God will use what's in your enemy's hands to give you total victory for the sake of time. Look at this in verse 51. Look at verse 51. You all know the story. How David went out. How David went out. Well, I want verse 51. But let, let's back up to verse 40. And then I'll end with verse 51. Look at verse number 40. Because I, I was getting ready to quote it. Look at this. Then he took. David's gone out. He's going out to face the giant. In verse number 40. Then he took his staff. In his hand. And he chose for himself. How many? How many? Come on. I can't hear y'all out there in, in, in any church. Uh, come on. Talk no loud in your living room. Your dining room. Talk loud enough so I can hear you. And, and David took his staff in his hand. And he chose for himself. How many? Five smooth stones from the brook. How many stones? Why did he take five? Goliath is just one person. So why does David need five stones for one person? Now, there's a lot of theological debate over this. I won't argue about it. Uh, but there's some who are taking the position that David took five stones just in case he missed with the first stone or the second stone. And I graciously and humbly choose to disagree because when God is involved in what you're doing, God never miss. So under the premise of that alone, I'm clear theologically that David did not choose five stones just in case he, you know, slung the first stone and it missed, you know, he had four in reserve. 
But I believe from a, a more sound biblical perspective, David chose five stones because he knew that after he killed Goliath, that, that Goliath had four sons. And just in case, you know, they were ready to meet their maker the same day, David was prepared for them. Are you listening to me? Go ahead, boy. Let, let's go to verse 51 and, and wrap this thing up. The five smooth stones were not for, for just in case, but the, 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 the four extra stones, as I said, was for Goliath's four sons. That if, you know, after they see their daddy fall, because uh, he's going to fall, and after the, they see that this young boy killed their father, uh, you know, they may just decide, uh, we, we're going to get David. But if they had uh, made a decision that they were going to get David for killing their father, they, they didn't know it, but David was prepared. Because when God sends you to battle, you're already prepared for any and everything. Nothing catches God off guard. Are you listening to me? I said nothing catches God off guard. Look at verse 51 and let's wrap it up for today. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine. Now look at this. Here's a young boy. Here's a 10-foot giant. And when David saw the giant coming toward him in battle, David ran toward the giant. Are you listening to me? Faith doesn't run from the problem. Faith attacks the problem. So here's David. He's running toward Goliath. I know it must have messed up Goliath's mind seeing this little young boy running toward him like he's not afraid of anything. And the reason he wasn't afraid is because he knew God was on his side. And today I challenge you to not be afraid. God is on your side. God is not giving you a spirit of fear. You don't have to be afraid because if God is on your side, there's nothing the devil can throw at you. There's nothing the devil can throw at your family. There's nothing the devil can throw at your business that will cause you to go under. Are you listening to me? And your victory, I'm here to tell you today, that your giant that is coming against you, your ultimate victory is in your enemy's hands. So David is running toward Goliath. David is running toward Goliath. Goliath is insulted. He's infuriated. He's offended that the nation of Israel will send a boy out to fight him. And he's cussing. Goliath is cussing and fussing. And he's telling David what he's going to do. And David didn't remain silent. When Goliath said what he was going to do to David, David opened his mouth and said what he was going to do to him. He said, today, the Lord, the God I serve, he has delivered you into my hands. And today, I'm going to have your head. And he kept running toward Goliath. And as he got closer, as he got into in the distance or the vicinity, when David got to that place where he was close enough, where he knew, amen, that he could do his duty, uh, he knew how close he had to be. He knew how close he needed to get to the lion. He knew how close he had to be to the bear. Amen. So that his strike would be on point. And, and, and notice when he started running to the giant, he didn't throw the rock at first because he, he wasn't he wasn't in that place where he was where he where he was comfortable. Uh, he's trained to throw a rock uh, precisely at a certain position uh, to, toward his object. 
And when he got close enough, like he did to the bear, when he got close enough to Goliath, like he did the lion, the Bible says that he let his rock go. And I want you to know, when David let that rock go, God grabbed it. And the Bible says that the rock that David slew or slung toward Goliath, it hit David. I mean, it hit Goliath right in the middle of his head. I want you to know that the rock that hit Goliath in the head, it wasn't a rock, amen, by the strength of, of David. But the rock that hit Goliath in the head was a strength of Almighty God. Listen to me. He's talking all that stuff. And there may be people talking stuff to you. There may be wolf tickets all around you. But notice, when God got ready to deliver Israel, he sent a little boy. And it didn't take five rocks to defeat the devil. It just took one blow from Almighty God. And that's all it's going to take for you to walk in victory. This word that I'm sharing with you today is just one rock. But it's powerful enough to defeat whatever that is in your way in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that the rock hit Goliath in the head and he fell to the ground. Hear me, saints. But when Goliath fell to the ground, he wasn't dead. He was knocked out. And the Bible says that David walked up on the line, on, 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 the, on the giant. David walked up on him and took Goliath's own sword. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Are you getting the picture? Your ultimate victory, your ultimate victory and the ultimate instrument that God is going to use, God is going to use what is in your enemy's hand. What is in your enemy's hands to try to destroy you God is going to turn that thing around and what is in the enemy's hand will destroy him or her. And so the Bible says that David picked up the sword, stood over the devil. And I say the devil because, well, anyway, he stood over Goliath. He stood over his bills. He stood over sickness. He stood over disease. He stood over trouble. He stood over heartache. He stood over difficulties. He stood over a uh, 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 disease. He stood over sickness. Are you listening to me? He stood over COVID-19. He stood over bad credit. Are you listening to me? He stood over lying. He stood over stealing. He stood over defeat. He stood over discouragement. He stood over heaviness. He stood over overpressed. Are you listening to me today? Whatever is trying to plague your life in the name of Jesus, like David, you're standing over that thing and you got Goliath's sword in your hand. And the Bible says that David took Goliath's own sword and chopped his head off, grabbed his head, held it up to show the world that there's no God Bigger than our God. I prophesy. I prophesy. I said I prophesy. I prophesy that in the next 40 days. Major things are going to happen in your life. Somebody said well why are you using 40 days? Because Goliath. Amen. He was selling wolf tickets to the nation of Israel. For 40 days he was blowing steam. About how he's going to defeat the children of Israel. God let him talk for 40 days and for 40 nights. But after 40 days and 40 nights, God sent a boy to do a man's job. Because when a boy is sent on a man's job, but the boy's got God on his side, amen, he's got everything that he needs. 
And just like David cut off the giant's head, I declare that all of the chaos and all of the craziness and all of the insufficiencies and all of the negativism and all the lack and all the things that try to come against you in 2020. Today, you're going to take this word and you're going to cut it off because you cannot carry this mess into this new year. Are you listening to me? And victory is right at the door. Take off other people's clothes. The key now is for you to stop. Say stop. Yeah, the key is for you to stop. Stop trying to be somebody else and be who God has called you to be. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.